Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. How many people love Pastor Shauna and Andre? I mean, incredible. This was their first time service leading and they knocked it out of the park. So yeah, I love our journey we've been on. It's been amazing. And I love, uh, what I love about these guys is they uh, help raise my girls. Kids church all the time that you've sown in. You know, you're like a second mom and dad to my girls. They're amazing because of what you've sown in and what we've sown in. And I see you got your two boys with you here today. How amazing is that? Champ and Caleb. So I just want to encourage you guys. God just put a word on my heart that, um, you know, you guys are off in Colorado. You're living your dream, which you've worked so hard for. And God has made you physically strong. And you're going to need that for the gridiron and what's ahead. But God told me to go deeper and like, look at your spiritual strength. That is what your team and your teammates are going to need, is for you to see the gold inside of them, the thing that nobody else sees. They may be physical giants, but you're going to see the spiritual power, and you two guys are going to call it out, and you're going to live a championship life at a different level. Amen? Proud of you guys. Go ahead and have your seat. Oh, man, it's an honor to be with you. I was going to say good morning, then I looked at my watch, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm with the 12 o'clock crew. Good afternoon. <laughs> so, but uh, hey, it's exciting to be in my father's house this morning. No greater place you could be on a Sunday or a Wednesday. And it's uh, actually Palm Sunday. And when I was a kid, I was kind of confused, like, what is that? You know, and a little bit is mentioned in the Bible. But what, what I really love about Palm Sunday is it's Jesus's triumphant return to Jerusalem. And the people were so excited that they ripped palm branches off, palm fronds, laid it out. And that was a symbol of honor. And then what I really love is how he entered Jerusalem. Not on like a stallion, a gold chariot, an army, but not even on a donkey, but the like calf of a donkey. And like to roll in like a boss like that on the foal of a donkey I mean, that was a symbol of peace and humility. So we serve the King and King and Lord of Lords. Can you just give it up for Jesus? Let him know. I mean, he saved us. He redeemed us. He paid for all our sins. And he opened the door that we get to spend eternity with the greatest father. So I will be eternally grateful. And then I want to give some honor, to, of course, to Pastor Jurgen Leanne. I mean, thank God that he planted them. He sowed their seed into San Diego County. I don't know what my life, my family's life would be with without their willingness to go into a country they never knew, plant their own seed of 100K on their mortgage and believing that God was gonna do something special in San Diego. They brought the Holy Spirit into San Diego County. Most churches shy away from that. And I'm like, do you even read the Bible? I mean, when Jesus left, he said the greatest thing, you're going to do greater works than me. I'm like, what? How does that happen? Holy Spirit power within. So thank you, Pastor Jurgen Leanne, for leading by example and letting us see what we've got inside of us. 
And then, of course, Pastor John and Becky. We can now officially call them the Central Region Pastors. Let's give it up. I know they're not here today, but they're down at Bayho. And what a journey it's been. I mean, uh, part of my message today is going to be about territory taking, but I look at like Pastor Jurgen Leanne, they believe for one campus, then God expanded it to four, and then 16. Don't you love that we serve a God that's not into subtraction, division, addition? He's into multiplication. That's the God we serve. And so I just love that we've got the new Bayho campus, and what a fight it was. We're in the Death to Life series, and think about that. You know, that Salvation Army building, I mean, there were 19 offers. We got down to the final two. They said they wanted to give it to a church, and they let the spirit of mammon sway them to giving it to a developer. So what looked dead is not dead when God's people start praying, start believing. And when God wants to build his house, the gates of hell cannot stand out against it. So let's just give it up for Bayo. I mean, it is answered prayer. We have taken more territory. It's the eighth of 16 campuses. We're already halfway there, and God is on the move. So if this is your first time here, you're in a good house. A lot of great things happen, and I just wanted to welcome you guys. So, well, the title of my message today is, It's Time to Rise Again. Now, you, I should get some more cheers than that. I mean, don't you want to rise again? Come on now. Our Savior rose again and changed everything. So what do we need to do to rise again? And so I'm going to break down a couple points. I always like preaching from what's fresh, real, raw, what's happening in my life, you know, because God's taken us all on a journey. And if my journey can benefit you, then I'm going to share some of that today. So let's first talk about point number one. We are territory takers. And did you know God has called you to take territory? We're doing it as a church. We're seeing it modeled right in front of us. Like I said, eight of 16 campuses, and we're halfway there. But I believe God wants all of us to take territory. And think about it. In Genesis 1.26, the very first chapter of the Bible, God called us to have dominion over all the earth. And you know what? Nothing's changed. We're still supposed to have dominion over all the earth and be territory takers. Now, some of you may have a landlord. We did for decades. You know, we were not the landlord. We paid a landlord. But God is calling you to be the Lord over your own land. That's what a landlord is. Amen. So I'm going to take you on a journey of breakthrough uh, and let you see how God moved in our life. And I bet you can apply it to your life because probably the struggles and challenges that you're having, uh, we went through it. So I'm just going to give you some hope today and let you know what a crazy territory taken journey looks like. Anybody excited to hear that? All right. All right. So where did it start? First of all, a lot of things start in your mind. What do you believe? And we had some limiting beliefs. You know, we rented for so long, so many decades. When you move around in the military, it's just kind of easier to rent because your paycheck's going to be moved three years later. And so when I rented, these, this was my mindset. There are no unknowns, no pressure, no repairs needed. It's coming out of my pocket. No stress and no worry. But guess what? No ownership. That wall my wife wanted to paint... That plant, that thing I wanted to build and install, I couldn't do it because it was somebody else's property. Then finances. We knew how much we made, and we saw what a mortgage would be in San Diego County. And I'm like, man, this mortgage or this payment, this income that I make, I can have a mansion back in Virginia. But I don't know what I can afford here in San Diego County. And a lot of people take that bait. But I'm like, why should I leave California, 
God's country, America's finest city. I mean, my kids get to grow up with so many theme parks. We got the beach in the morning, the snow in the afternoon. Why leave? I'm willing to fight the battle for ownership in California. And you guys can live here too, just like we did. And then credit. You know, unfortunately, you need something called like a credit score. It has to be halfway decent. Uh, we actually were at a point where we had slipped below the six, and we saw what we needed to even qualify for a loan, and that margin was huge. And, and I physically did not know how in the world I could overcome that. Now, a lot, a lot of that was self-inflicted. Some of you may have been there like we were, where, hey, we put a lot of things on credit cards. We maxed them out to try to live the life we wanted to live, but we weren't exactly the best stewards of our money. It got to the point where I actually had a car repossessed. You talk about hurt and pain and how much shame comes with that. So I had a lot of growing in this area, and maybe you guys can relate to some of the challenges we had for home ownership. So it took time. And taking territory takes some time. I really believe it begins in the mind. Do you believe that you can take territory in San Diego County? That's what we had to get to. And so coming to Awaken Church, it, is a, it became a storehouse of faith. My faith each and every week, listening to Wednesday messages, listening to Sunday messages, my faith started to increase. My belief level started to increase. And I want to encourage every one of you, if you really want to have an accelerated path to territory taking, come to Men and Women's Prayer. It is the greatest factory for growth and belief. God will do miracles. You'll hear God's stories. And like those are inspiring. I needed a weekly dose of what is God doing in other people's lives? What does a miracle look like? God, give me the signs so I can see how you're working in my life. And that's what prayer does. So I encourage you to definitely attend men's prayer. Then I started seeing friends like Pastor Jeff and Glory here, like looking at their journey from where they started they got a mansion of mansions, but they've been great steward, leading the Emerge Men's Ministry. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you, Jeff. 35 years old and already owning his own business, giving his wife and his daughters the house of their dreams, out there grinding every single week, you know, and I'm just so proud. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. Because I remember where Jeff started, you know, much like where we started in this journey. But anything is possible with God. So what did we have to do? You know, we had to, um, you know, first of all, my wife, she always had big faith. Is anybody married to somebody in here with big faith? Thank God for them every day. I was Mr. Reality when it came to finances. So my wife always had the big dreams. And I was like, do you see what we make? How in the world? Do you have a special inheritance? Do you have a money tree that I don't know of? I was like, you're living in a different world than I am, babe. Help me. So, but she was always taking me to these mansions, open houses. And I, my mindset was, oh, how are we going to afford this? You know, but like she trusted God and I had to get there. So that's an encouraging word to some of you guys. Thank you, babe. I needed that. So one of the things we did that I encourage you to do is get wisdom. And this really started to shift what territory taken looked like in our life. And so if you realize where you're at right now, your brain got you there. You need somebody else's brain to get you where you want to be. And that's what we discovered. So we finally got some wisdom in increasing our finances, raising our credit score, starting to believe for a home of our own. And we went on a three-year hunt. 
you know, really looking what area, what, you know, where we find ourselves coming back to. And I'm telling you the journey of what like home ownership looks like. So catch these little nuggets. And we would always kind of come back to this one area, looking at homes in this one area. And later down the road, we ended up uh, owning a home there. But the journey is what it was painful and torturous, but I enjoyed it at the same time. It's because the lessons that I learned in the journey. So we had found a home in this three-year hunt that, believe it or not, nobody had made an offer on in a year. And so we walked through that property, had most of what we wanted. Um, there was a sign in there, and I felt it was directly from God. So there were no personal effects. The owners had already moved out. We go into the theater room. How many houses have a theater room? I was like, God, this is you. And so in the back with the popcorn machine, there was one personal article still left. And it was a framed photo of Rocky Balboa, my hero, my champion, my favorite movie series of all time. I love underdog stories. They'll always be my favorite. So, you know, we toured that property. We even took prayer, communion, middle of the night. We snuck out there with a bottle of wine and some crackers and walked that turf, claimed it was ours. I mean, I'm just telling you some of the journey stuff that we went on. So, you know, we're going all in on this thing. We believe this is what God has for us. And then before the final signature to go into escrow, someone comes in and steals the home out from under us. I mean, to look at my wife's face and to see the disappointment, the pain, you know, after such a long journey, such, you know, an exhaustive journey of building our faith, getting finances, getting credit scores, and to have that taken. But what do you do when things don't work out the way you expect it? It's okay to feel rejected, you know, but we had to dust ourselves off, get back up, and we had to go again. And so, you know, thoughts can start creeping in. If you've been battling for something for a long time and things haven't worked out the way you, you've wanted, it's like, it's either God is trying to get something in you like faith and perseverance and you're supposed to go again, or God's got something better for you. And so... How many times have you been called to start over, to start again? But sometimes you feel the pain of that. And you're like, you know, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. And so we felt some of those same things. And maybe it's something like you failed in business. Or you had a big sale you worked on for a year and you weren't able to close the deal. Or maybe you filed for bankruptcy and the crushing weight of that, you know. Or maybe you've had the pain of a failed marriage, you know. But God says, get back up. It's time to go again. Don't stay defeated. It's time to rise again. So what does this miracle story look like? So we had lost that home. We started looking again. We got up and we started to do two things. We really started implementing Pastor Jurgen's book called Push. Pray until something happens. And every day we would burn circles in our little condo praying, taking communion, declaring, prophesying. So we did what we could do. We kept moving forward. And finally, we, had a, we found another home, a better home, a dream home. But the weird thing is I had to talk my bride into this one because I saw the vision and she didn't quite see the vision. That is a word. Thank you. <laughs> and the word was, you better get to work and make this my vision <laughs> and I told her, babe, I made all the promises. I was like, this will be the house of your dreams. And she held me to that promise. Anybody ever installed 3,600 square feet of flooring? Don't do it. Don't do it. Be careful what you promise your bride. 
But uh, after two years of journey, I think we're, we're kind of close to getting it where she wanted it. But, uh, but, you know, we believe that was the promise. That was the one God wanted us to go for. And the sellers had accepted our offer. And so things looked like they were finally going to work out. But wait, 10 days before close, the owners canceled the contract. And we're like, what do you mean? This is the finish line. It's right in front of us. We're 10 days out. And what we discovered, there were some final repairs in the inspection that were too costly for them to cover. And so they could legally tear up the contract. So what happens when you've been on a long journey of trying to take territory in some area? Well, the devil starts working you. Worry and fear crept back in. Not again, not again, not losing another house. Not after all this time. We're so close to the finish line, 10 days. Thoughts ran through my head. You know, my wife will be crushed, disappointed. I don't know if we can recover from this. Or God didn't come through again. The devil tries to tell you all kinds of lies. Maybe we weren't meant to own a home. Maybe we should just go back to Egypt like the Egyptians. Go back to renting. These are the signs of the devil. That's not what God wants for you. And so we started wondering, you know, and I don't know if you guys can relate, but the devil was working me hard. All those past beliefs, all those things were starting to creep back in. But I knew that I needed to own a home. I needed to take territory. That I needed to do whatever I could do in my strength, trusting God, but if I died on the field of battle trying to take that home, I knew that God could look down and say he gave it his all. And that's what I want to encourage every one of you to do. Whatever battle you're facing, whatever territory you're trying to take, have you given it your very best? Have you trusted God? God will guide you and it could take a circuitous route like our home journey did. But it's an amazing journey when it finishes up. And so what I was reminded of as all these thoughts from the devil started to come in, is 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that's where most of the battles are won. It's how you think and what voice you listen to. You know, think of the Garden of Eden. There was God's voice and the devil's voice. And when they listened to the wrong voice, everything changed for us. So he's still, same tactics today. What voice are you listening to? What voice are you believing? Despite what you see, can you believe God's promises for a breakthrough? So what I was realizing is what I was telling myself wasn't exactly lining up for God's promises for me. So I needed to increase my faith. I need to increase my belief and I need to get back into the fight. And then guess what? When you have a resolve, wild things start to happen. And the people that own the crazy homes in this, I've seen wild stories happen. So this was our wild story. I believe God for his very best. And my faith started to increase and I got some perseverance in me. And I got to the point where it's like nothing the devil throws at me when you've been through so many trials and tribulations. That verse that says, count it all joy. When you get to that moment that, is that all you got, devil? You have tried to beat me, kill me, destroy me financially every certain way but I'm still here and I'm still coming after you. That's how championships are won right there. The battle of the mind. And so these wild things, man, it was like we were getting prophetic dreams. We had supernatural wisdom poured into us. We had favor with the owner and his agent and we had a miracle. That $30,000 repair was done for under 10,000 and the owner and his agent paid for it. Didn't cost me a dime. 
God was on the move and I saw the signs. And we were finally able to own that home, our first home. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you. And God's got a story like this for you. So when we finally got our keys to that first home, it was surreal. You know, for a man, I had made my wife's dreams come true, despite all the obstacles, despite all the setback. I mean, to make your wife and your family's dream come true, there's nothing like it. You know, and her vision for many years was she would always tell me, like, my parents were able to have the epic home on 10 acres. Everybody came back to our house. We served on them. We loved on them. All the parties were there. And like, you know, going from my mindset I had, San Diego County, what I was making, I was like, everything in me as a man wanted to make that dream come true. But it took me and God to make that a reality. And the moment we won that battle, and now we have that epic home that we love to serve on people. We host, we got a party today, right after I get back home. There's party after party, because my wife is a party planner. So, but that house is set on a hill. We painted it white. It's like a lighthouse that just echoes and calls out to the community for friendship and for fellowship. And we get to serve on people and it's got a game room. And so like, it's still like surreal of the journey of where I started and where I am now. And I wanted to just give you all hope of what territory taken looks like. You know, so, you know, the one thing that really stood out in this journey is that even though I was exhausted from the battle, I was elated by the victory. And you'll find a point in your life where you may be exhausted in the battle you're facing now, but don't give up. Keep moving forward. Keep speaking your future and watch the victory. It'll be your greatest victory. I can tell you that. All the things I have achieved in sports, in academics, in the military, nothing compares to the victory in faith. When you didn't know if you had what it take, but God wrapped his big arms around you and said, let's go, son. We got this. That's what God wants to impart into you this morning. So let me finish that point with what, a thing, what things look dead in your life right now? Don't give up. Don't back down. Keep pressing forward despite the obstacles. And God will start opening doors for you just like he did for us. Romans 8.31, you need to have some life verses. What are your go-to verses when things get tough? For me, it was, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I would just wield that word and beat the devil whenever he came to beat on me. James 2.17, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. So you got to ask yourself, like Pastor Leanne preached, what's a daddy job and what's my job? You got to have some skin in the game if you want to be a territory taker. And I found in my life that kind of the way God loves to work is first I move, then he moves. Because guess what that's called? Faith. What are you going to do when there's an unknown? God will open these doors of opportunity, but your job is to see them, to look for them, to expect them. And even when it doesn't make sense or looks scary or you don't know what's on the other side of that door, you got to have the faith to walk in that direction. And then you have to speak your promise. You know, what are you speaking of your life? You know, when we started looking for a home, I was like, I can't, and my wife would say, cancel. We can't afford all things. You know, do you know how much we, do you know how much we 
are making because God is for us. I mean, I, I needed to retrain my language because of all the poverty, the mindset that I saw as a young man. That was the language that was spoken in our house. So I had to change my language. I had to speak the promises. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Isn't that amazing? Every situation you're facing right now, you have this little muscle in your mouth that can wield so much power. But how are you using it? Are you using it? Are you speaking anything? And so I really had to train my tongue to believe. How did God create everything? Through the power of the spoken word. How do you create your future? through the power of the spoken word. This book is full of promises of your destiny to give you a future and a hope. You are blessed to be a blessing. I could go on and on about the promises. Start getting his word in your mouth and watch what happens. Amen? Amen. All right, 11 minutes. All right, might have to scrap. Well, I'm gonna go real quick. Point two, Uh, from pain and clutter to value and provision. And the quick version of this is, uh, you know, my father lived a very selfish life. Uh, When I needed a crib, he actually bought a motorcycle. When my mom and dad got divorced, he chose not to pay child support. My mom had to work three jobs. He started collecting stuff, started hoarding, and quickly discovered that, you know, his stuff was more valuable than his son's. And that left a hard impact on my life. He was distant my whole life. I always had to be the pursuer for relationship, and he would seldom comply. He never watched a single one of my sports. I did football, wrestling, and soccer. You know, I had all kinds of academic achievement, never came to one award ceremony, even didn't come to my high school graduation. He was a distant father. But, you know, even through all the neglect, the abandonment, the pain, the mental and physical abuse, I still loved him because he was my dad. One of the commandments says, honor your father and mother, and it will go well with you. And God had to show me how to honor a man like that. But about two years ago, he died. And so all that longing of that restored relationship, maybe one day he'd be the father, the grandfather to my two daughters. Maybe one day he'd even meet my grand, his granddaughters, which he did not do. His whole life, he had plenty of money. He could have got on a plane. I encouraged him. I loved him. I said, Dad, we'll take care of you. Come on out. But whatever demons he was facing, he couldn't overcome them, despite that much love. So when I went home to process all of his affairs, my brother and I, next to Ken, we found a mess. We found a hoarded-out house, abandoned vehicles, tons of scrap metal in the backyard, and we stopped looking after 20-plus storage units, all hoarded out. And God showed me a clear picture. And be careful, because he said, you know, in God's word, it says, do not store up your treasures on earth, while moth and rust will destroy, but store up your treasures in heaven. And so I looked at all this cleanup, all this pain, all this clutter. And so God reminded me that, like, I've got provision and a promise in this if you'll let me work through it. So my brother, dealing with all the pain, the same torment that I had, he wanted nothing to do with anything that related to my father. He wanted to sell the house, liquidate everything, get rid of it as fast as he can. My mother, my wife, my closest friends say, 
We don't want you emotionally tied to the pain. Just get rid of it. And they had good intentions, and it sounded great. But God whispered to me, he's like, even though your dad died and left all of his money to an 83-year-old aunt and an ex-girlfriend, we were left with nothing, covering everything, cleaning up my dad's affairs. God said, I have an inheritance in this, if you'll listen to me. And so God started showing me. He introduced me to people and friends that could help me get the money to renovate the house. It took three hours to open the front door if you want to know what a hoarded out house looks like. Two 40-yard construction dumpsters, two weeks of my life, hands and knees, cleaning out the hoard of someone that stored up treasures on earth, but no treasures for his son, his firstborn. And so as I was going through this process of cleaning up the clutter, dealing with the pain, God started showing me that like there's always beauty from ashes if you lean on me. And so I had to have him walk me through this journey. And so, like I said, he showed me like people that could give me the finances for the renovation, the property manager, the uh, long-term renter. And I'm happy to say that I took ownership of that home, cleaned it up, and that house produces income and is an asset for my family. So God is a good father. He will turn the pain and the clutter to value and provision, whether it's a life lesson or a monetary thing, that's what God did for us. So like a home, let me ask you a question. What's in your home? What's in your life that God wants you to clean up? And he wants to partner with you to do that. Perhaps there's things that he wants to remove from your life that are harming you, harming your relationships, harming your future. Maybe there's clutter that's cluttering your mind or your heart or robbing you from relationships, or maybe areas of marriage or relationships that you need to invest more to restore value, just like we had to invest in that house to restore value. But let me tell you what I've learned in life. No matter the trials, the tribulations, the pain, the disappointment, God works all things together for good if you have that perspective. Count it all joy in every trial and tribulation because God is with you. And it may just be a testimony like I'm sharing today to hopefully help you guys see yourself somewhere in this story. See what you're going through so you can learn from what does a God story look like? What does a right heart look like? How do you let God shepherd you in these moments? And that's what I love. The journey with God is incredible. The ups, the downs, it is the greatest ride you will ever go on in your life. But he is for you, he is with you, and he believes in you. Amen? Amen. Point three, can we do it in five minutes? This was my best point, so I got to go quick. <laughs> What's been buried but needs to be dug up again? Now, this one is fresh off the press. I am still learning this at this very moment. Um, but a lot of that pain, a lot of that torture in childhood, how did I deal with it? I had to bury it. I couldn't let it affect my heart, my mind. I couldn't internalize it, but it did. And so all the pain, all the bad memories, I just buried it. But what I didn't realize for all these decades, I had buried it in a shallow grave. It was still affecting my present and would affect my future. So I had to dig it up again. God was helping me to dig it up again. And I'm like, why do we want to dig up something like that? And God says, because you haven't dealt with, me, dealt with it and you haven't let me help you deal with it. So what did that look like? I'll give you one quick story. 
Um, got to live with my dad for about a year. My mom was going to, uh, what do you call it, uh, hairdressing school so she could earn an income to raise two boys. And uh, he said, don't hang from the, uh, the railing of the bunk bed. We hung from the railing. There was a crack, not a break, a crack in the oak railing. That was a night I would never forget. My dad came home. He was an angry man, used to whipping off the belt, spanking us. Um, he basically was not, he never ceased on spanking to the point my stepmom intervened and he kicked us out of the house. Get your possessions, get out. Middle of the night, walking through the apartment complex, only seeing a light from a distant uh, road sign and walked there. My little brother, my little arm around him. My only thought was protecting my brother, trying to be strong, trying to be courageous. And so we got to that street corner, huddled in the woods, crying, not knowing where to go. We were all abandoned, all alone. And so that was a very, very painful moment. That's a moment where you want to bury, bury in your past and never bring it up again. But God is so good. He said, son, if you leave it in the shallow grave, it'll still haunt you in your present and your future. And I was like, what do you mean, father? He's like, everything you sought from your earthly dad was performance-based. Maybe I can earn his love. Maybe more awards, more accolades, maybe more achievement that he may want me, that he may affirm me, that he may love me. And so God had to unpack that. And he had to show me that, like, you didn't deserve that beating. You didn't deserve that treatment. You're a good son. You're a great kid. I'm proud of you, how you wrapped your arm to protect your brother. And I'm sorry that no one in your family protected you. But I protected you. I'm here for you. I've got whatever you need. We're going to unpack each of these traumatic events. We're going to go through them. I want you to journal. I want you to feel the emotion. I want you to feel the pain, the anger, the frustration. And then I want you to do one last thing. And this is how you achieve victory. I want you to give it to me. Your heart may be in here like mine, scarred, wounded. But God wants to stop the bleeding. And the only way is to unpack the trauma of your past. I know many of you in here, like me, thought I'd buried it, thought it was done. But I lived decades performance-based. Maybe I could earn love. So I want to encourage you today. If you got, I'll just stand with me. I want to pray over you. If you can just close your eyes, just invite God into your presence. Dear Heavenly Father, God, just thank you. Thank you for this message. Thank you for the journey that you have taken me on, of what territory taken looks like, of how to turn pain into a promise, and how to deal with the past in the correct way so that it doesn't affect my future. God, as you have shown me how to give it all to you, to trust you, God, I impart that to everyone here today. God, you are speaking to their hearts and their minds. God, you're bringing up things of the past that may have been in a shallow grave like mine. But God, you don't want it affecting their present or their future. God, we are going to disarm the enemy once and for all. As we deal with this, it no longer lingers into our present or our future. So God, I just want to invite you to heal every broken heart. God, to spend time with them this week and at the altar in a few minutes, just processing the pain. 
And the altar is here to have you altered, to give it back to God and let him deal with it. Let him heal your wounded heart. So Heavenly Father, I just declare in Jesus' name, our price was paid. Our sins were forgiven. Every healing, every hope, everything we need is in you. So God, I just release an impartation that they are champions. They are winners. They're more than conquerors. God, you are for them. Who can be against them? God, they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are not their past. They are not what the devil says they are. And just like at Emerge, those burdens that we've been carried are meant to be returned to the devil once and for all. He can carry it. That is not who we are. So God, we impart vision. We impart hope. We impart father power. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.